Hello, and welcome to I Watch This As An Adult, the podcast where I watch movies from my childhood from an adult perspective. And this week, I will be reviewing 1998's Rush Hour. All right, everybody, Rush Hour, 1998. You know, I like to start it off. I like to start off with how old I was when I saw the movie and how I saw the movie. I was 13 years old when I saw the movie, and I saw it at the $1 theater. I mentioned how important the $1 theater was back in the day. It was when you didn't see the movie in its initial release. You could go and see it at the $1 theater theater that also kind of made it a not must-see thing for movies I guess you know I guess that's why you don't really see a lot of one dollar theaters anymore because it's like we're not getting any revenue if people could just say hey I can go see it at the dollar theater (laughs) you know and we're not getting our we're not getting our gross we're not getting our, our box office back I guess so I guess that's why they just just deaded the one dollar theater altogether. I don't know if they still exist. I haven't been to one since I think I saw Rush Hour. I think Rush Hour was the last movie I saw in the dollar in the dollar theater. I want to say, or was it Patch Adams? I think Patch Adams was the last movie I saw in a one dollar theater. I saw Patch Adams with a couple of cousins. I remember <laughs> we went to go see Patch Adams. That was weird. I think that came. That was like the same year. So like '98 was the last time I went to a one dollar theater. I remember, but I remember this movie was like all the rage at my school. You know, rush hour. Like every kid in my Every kid in my school, I was in uh, eighth grade at the time, and every kid in my class and everything, everybody saw fucking Rush Hour. Everybody saw Rush Hour except me. And I just kept, I remember I just kept begging my mom to either take me to go see Rush Hour or give me money to go see Rush Hour. And she wouldn't budge. And I think, uh... Yeah, I think we were going to, she finally budged and we were going to go see Rush Hour. She was going to take me and my sister to go see Rush Hour. And we went to the theater and it was shut down. It was, and we didn't go to the the, uh, the $1 theater. It was the regular theater. They had shut that sucker down. It, it was, it was like boarded up and condemned and we didn't even know that that movie theater was shut down and... There was no other movie theater in our area, so I had to wait to go see Rush Hour, and because my mom wasn't going, I think by this time they had the 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 uh, the theater that was way way across town, and my mom wasn't going that far, so like my mom was not going all the way out there, so she was like, "Well, I guess you can't see Rush Hour now." So we waited a couple months. I saw it in, because the movie came out in August, I want to say I saw it, like, in November, I want to say, I saw the movie in, like, November, at the Dollar Theater, and then I went back to school, like, hey, guys, I finally saw Rush Hour, and everybody was like, so what, we saw it months ago, so once again, I was not the cool kid, but 
anyway, yeah, back to this movie. Let's get to this movie. And, like, there was kind of, like, a weird thing going on with, like, buddy cop films at this time as well. Because this is a buddy cop film. The buddy cop film genre was kind of dying, you want to say? Because back in the day, you had, uh, back in the day, you had Lethal Weapon. I think at this time, Lethal Weapon 4 had come out. I remember I saw Lethal Weapon 4. That had come out at that time. That was like the only, I think that was the only other buddy cop film that came out in 1998. Which they were like the original buddy cop film. I guess you got, uh, Red Heat. You got John Belushi with, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. What's some other buddy cop films I can't really think of? The third... The third Die Hard is kind of a buddy cop film with Bruce Willis and Samuel L. Jackson. And that's one that'll probably be coming up in the future because I fucking love that movie. That is one of my favorite movies. I love all the Die Hard movies except five and four. But the first three can do no wrong with me. But there were a lot of like the buddy, let's like the buddy cop genre was kind of dying. You know, you, and then they were kind of making a mockery of it because you had, you, 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 you would have like, oh, it's a cop and a dog, or it's a cop and a kid, or it's a cop with his mother. You know, it, like they're kind of making a, they're kind of making a mockery of the buddy cop film. So I guess they stopped, they just kind of stopped doing it. And Rush Hour was kind of like the new blood of buddy cop films. It kind of tried, it tried to rejuvenate the uh buddy cop aspect it really didn't too much but you got like pretty much two of the hottest guys out at that time which was uh Jackie Chan who was like this was kind of like his first like crossover film really because I know he had he had Rumble in the Bronx another movie I'll probably talk about most likely uh, he had First Strike, another movie I'll probably talk about, and, um, and, uh, that was another one, he had Mr. Nice Guy, Mr. Nice Guy, those movies weren't really American movies, this is like his first real American crossover movie that he did, you know, cause Rumble in the Bronx, like, it was, it was, it was, a, it was a Chinese film, it was like, it was Chinese, everybody in the movie was Chinese, it looked like they were like dubbed over, I love Rumble in the Bronx, but everybody looked dubbed over, they looked like they weren't talking, and yeah, uh, First Strike, same thing, everybody was dubbed over, Mr. Nice Guy, same thing, and kind of like everybody was dubbed over, and it was, and it was shot in Australia, because everybody had like Australian accents, <laughs> so you could kind of tell like, yo, that's not an American film. They tried to cross over one of the the police story films, I believe, and they called it Super Cop. I remember Super Cop. That's not an American film. So this Rush Hour was his first, was Jackie Chan's first bona fide American movie. So this is like his. This was like his real crossover to America. And then you had uh, Chris Tucker, who was this like up and coming comedian. He had. He gained some fame from Friday. He was in, uh, what else was he in? Uh, Jackie Brown. He was in Jackie Brown for a couple minutes. Uh, I'm not going to spoil Jackie Brown for you. Like I said, probably another movie I'm going to talk about in the future. Uh, Friday, probably another movie I'll talk about. And um, what else was he in at that time? Money Talks. 
He was also in Money Talks. I think he did Money Talks before he did Rush Hour. I want to say he did Money Talks. That was kind of... That was kind of like his first starring his first starring vehicle. Where they were like, let's see if this kid could carry a movie by himself. And then it was like, oh, it did well. And then they gave him Rush Hour. So this was like the real, this was like the real uh, proving grounds for Chris Tucker. So they they got these two guys like Chris Tucker coming up, Jackie Chan like the hottest international uh, martial arts star. So, they're trying to cross him over. So, put these two guys together. You get Rush Hour. But anyway, uh, Jackie Chan plays Chief Inspector Lee. Uh, there's an opening scene where, like, he's on the docks. And I think he's trying to, he's trying to shut down this uh, organization. Like, he's trying to shut down this organization called Juntao, which I am still confused about. I'm like, what is Juntao? I want to know. I didn't. I never knew. Still to this day, I don't know what Jun Tao is. It's like, is it a person? Is it an organization? Cause they go back and forth saying Jun Tao's a person. Jun Tao's an organization. They don't really. They don't really keep it, you know, linear. They don't. They they, they say Jun Tao's a person, or they say Jun Tao is the criminal organization. They. They really don't. They really don't have it together about what Jun Tao is. So, at that point, I really don't care. So, <laughs> like, I really don't care. At that point, I'm like, I don't give a, I don't give a shit. You know, like about what Jun Tao is. If you don't give a shit what Jun Tao is, so you just took me out of that. You just took me out of caring about that, really. But anyway, there's an opening scene. He's trying to shut down Jun Tao, whatever it is. Uh, Jackie does have a gun. Jackie does not fire his gun not once because Jackie Chan really doesn't kill people. He really doesn't. I don't think I've I've watched a lot of Jackie Chan films. I'm a huge Jackie Chan fan, and I don't think he's ever killed anybody in a movie. I don't think he's ever killed anybody in a movie. Jackie Chan is kind of like the Will Smith of action films. When I talk about that, I'm talking about Will Smith's music career. You know how Will Smith doesn't curse in his raps? Well, Jackie Chan doesn't kill anybody in his movies. So, like, that's that's what I'm talking about. He's, he's good, clean, family fun is what he is. But, yeah, he chases Gentile, whoever it is, and he kind of loses them. He, 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 can't, he can't catch him. And then they go to, there's a council uh, meeting or something like that. And or like the count, there's like a council guy, like his name is Council Han, and it's like he's leaving for America. I, they never really, they never really explain that either, or what he's doing in America. They're like he's just here in America, and he moved to America, and his da- him and his daughter moved to America, and nobody knows what's going on. Like the, the, the nobody knows what's going on in, in this whole goddamn movie. Pretty much, it's just Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan. So, um, anyway, we go to America, we, we see Chris Tucker's character, he plays Detective James Carter, and he's going to meet, this is, this part right here, <laughs> this part right here is, like, the, the, the plot of this movie is really confusing, it really is, the plot of this movie is so damn confusing, because Chris Tucker goes to meet a, a arms dealer, like he's pretty much an arms dealer. He's played by uh, Chris. He's played by uh, Chris Penn. 
who is uh who's uh Sean Penn's brother and he um and he um what he's doing he's selling arms like he's selling arms to people and he Chris Tucker goes to meet this guy by himself he goes to meet this dude by himself and He goes to go meet this guy by himself, no backup. And I'm like, what What kind of cop are you, bro? I'd seriously say that. But anyway, he goes to meet the guy and he has like, he has all the weapons. He has the bombs and shit. He has something called C4 and it's Chris Tucker. It's pretty much Chris Tucker doing his best Eddie Murphy and Beverly Hills cop impersonation at the beginning of this movie. But then the 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 sting quote unquote i don't know how he was gonna arrest this guy i don't know how he was gonna bring him down it was just him and he's got all these he's got all this shit in his car i don't know how he was gonna bring him down but anyway the sting is interrupted by two uh uh uniformed cops and they're dumb apparently but they should have been there for backup anyway but they don't know that uh uh detective james carter is a cop they just see him as a black dude in all this goddamn leather. He's wearing like a leather jacket. He's wearing leather pants. <laughs> he's got like this. And he's got like this black shirt. I don't know. I, I think that was leather too. He's just draped in leather. I don't know how he could afford that on a cop salary with all that goddamn leather. Like there's a cow missing his whole ass somewhere out there in the world because uh, James Carter has all this goddamn leather on him. But the two, the cops show up. They should have been there anyway. But he's trying to tell the cops to go away. He's like, I'm, I'm a cop too. You fucking up the, you fucking up the sting or some shit. And then the, the two cops get shot by Chris Penn's character. Like they, they just get popped. And this is what I love. Uh, it's like Chris, Chris Tucker goes to chase Chris Penn's character. The two cops are shot. And Chris Tucker's character doesn't call for medical attention whatsoever. I don't know if those cops died or what. They're like, those cops might be dead. Who knows? But anyway, like, just Carter is the worst cop ever. He really is. Because, like, he chases he chases Chris Penn's character. And he starts shooting at the... He starts shooting at the car. He shoots at the truck. And Chris Penn tells him, he's like, oh, man... No, man, don't shoot. I got C4 in the trunk. And he just rolls out of the car, and then he shoots it. Boom, and it blows up. And, like, anybody could have been standing there. There could have been a family standing there. He doesn't know. I was just like, Detective James Carter is reckless as fuck. He's a reckless-ass motherfucker. (laughs) He's the worst goddamn cop ever. Anyway... We're moving on. The Hong Kong, the Hong Kong council guy. I don't know. I forgot his name. Oh, Council Han. That's his name. Council Han is in America. He's got his daughter. That uh, she's going to school, 
and none of that shit matters. And moving on, <laughs> moving on is to where like the console's daughter gets kidnapped. They get stuck in like a motorcade. Like the the I guess it's the Gentile guys. They're dressed like police officers. And then like the main Gentile guy with the blonde. He's got like blonde hair. He looks like an Asian Cisco. And then he shows up. And this motherfucker is scary as fuck, really, because, like, he grabs the girl, he, he shoots the two guys in the car, and, she, and, like, you guys see, like, blood splatter on her face, this is supposed to be a PG-13 movie, by the way, you can see blood splatter on her face, and, like, she's running, and, and like, it's kind of, it's kind of a terrifying scene, and she hits him, and he's just looking, he's got blood coming down his face, looking like the goddamn Asian T-1000, and he's just like, get he like he's just like looking like we gonna get that bitch, and like she's running. Some dude on a motorcycle grabs her ass. She got blood on her, and then they just throw her ass in the fucking in the fucking trunk. You like, and I was just like, why? Wow. I'm like, that was really fucking intense for uh, for 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 a uh, PG-13 movie. I don't know. Maybe I'm I gotta stick up my ass. I don't know. But that was a little bit too fucking intense. But for a movie that wasn't really that violent at the beginning, it just gets real. That that scene just gets real fucking intense. But anyway, we're back to uh, James Carter, I believe. No, we're back. To, like we're back to the FBI guys. The FBI guys show up. Council Han. Who gives a shit? But uh, really, and we go back to what you really want to see: Chris Tucker doing comedy. You know, so Chris Tucker does his little his little routine in the uh, in the in the police precinct, talking about what he did and all that shit. And Elizabeth Pena shows up. Let's stop. Let's stop right there. And let's appreciate the supreme hotness, the supreme babich of Elizabeth Pena at this point. Because she is fucking hot in this movie. I'm looking at it. Just every scene she's in, she's just fucking hot. You know, she's got the little fucking... Tony Braxton Bob, you know, you know, like she's got that going on. She got them, she got those those pouty lips, you know. Is she's, oh my god, I know, I know she passed away. I know she's a dead woman now, but I was still seriously crushing on Elizabeth Pena in this goddamn movie. Goddamn, she's so fucking beautiful. But anyway, she plays uh uh detective is she a detective or officer i don't know she's she's in plain clothes as well but she says that she works with bomb squad i think she's bomb squad i don't know if they call them detectives i don't know shit about cops obviously but you know i don't know shit about cops but she 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 tells uh carter that why didn't you why didn't you take bomb squad with you you know you need bomb squad with you and she's absolutely right why didn't you take Bomb Squad with you? That was really dumb, because you know this nigga got explosives in the goddamn trunk. What was wrong with you, bro? But anyway, she tells Carter that he gets suspe- he's getting suspended. And he deserved to be, because he was reckless as fuck throughout this whole goddamn movie. <laughs> you know, like, just that whole first scene this whole movie he's just he's just a loose fucking cannon he needs to be suspended but anyway yeah he, he goes to um his his captain and asks if he's being suspended the captain is on the phone with the fbi because council Hahn is 
saying that he wants Lee on a plane to go and uh, search for his daughter and stuff like that. The FBI don't want to deal with Lee. So they say, let's let's go get some LAPD schmuck to go and pick up Lee and show him around and just keep him away from the case. And so they call the, the LAPD captain. Carter just happens to walk in and the captain's just like, hey, I got a guy for you. This guy right here. And so... Carter is the guy that Carter is the guy that is tasked with taking care and keeping Lee away from this whole case. But that's that, and the FBI is racist. Can I can I say that the FBI is racist as fuck in this movie? Um, I guess I guess they would be. The FBI was started because of racism. Uh, hot take. Uh, but uh. <laughs> hot take zone right there but anyway um carter is with lee because like the fbi i'm gonna go back to the fbi right quick i gotta go on a quick fbi right because the fbi calls lee a chunking cop the the main fbi guy tells chris tucker he's like i like i don't need you or some chunking cop getting in my way i was like wow that was that was super racist. That's the second time I've used this on this podcast is saying super racist. But that was mad racist, my dude. And the racism, the racism doesn't stop there. <laughs> because when Carter meets Lee, he calls Lee Rice Aroni. <laughs> and this is something that I've I've never thought about. And I got Asian friends. I got, I've had Asian friends since fucking elementary school. I've, I've had Asian friends and I never stopped. And I had Asian friends in, in the eighth grade too. I was like, but like, I've never stopped to, to, to ask them if they like this movie. I'm like, I've always wondered if Asian people like Rush Hour because I don't think I've ever heard an Asian person say, hey, I like Rush Hour. I don't think I have, but I still laughed at it, though, so I was like, I still laughed at the Rice and joke, so, but he called him Mr. Rice and so, like, I'm no better, so that was that. I still laughed. One other side note I want to say, Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker's suits are fucking fire. I love Jackie Chan's suit. He got just like a straight up fucking black suit with a red tie. And uh Chris Tucker has like this uh blue suit with like like a purple sh- like a like a purple shirt or like a maroon shirt with like a like a fucking blue tie or some shit. Suits fucking fire. If I could find a suit like if I could find those suits, I would wear those goddamn suits. Those suits are and I'm not a suit wearer. I'm not really a suit wearer, but I would wear those goddamn suits. Those suits were fucking fire as fuck but anyway but the minute that uh chris tucker and jackie chan are on screen together they have chemistry like real chemistry it's it just it's just oozing off the screen you can tell another just like what i was saying with house guests with uh sinbad and phil hartman another uh two guys you could tell like they got along with each other off camera you can tell those guys were like hey yeah man 
and they're they're still friends today actually i heard i think like chris chris tucker and jackie chan are still friends they say they still hang out and all this shit so they're really they're really friends so like those guys have uh chemistry chris tucker just takes uh jackie around there's a little showing off of jackie stunts where like uh uh lee goes and leaves uh carter and Carter's trying to, like, interrogate some guy on a fucking uh, walk of fame or some shit. <laughs> and, like, he like he just loses Lee. And then, like, Lee's doing, like, all these... Jackie Chan's doing all these stunts and shit. And so that... that and then he finally finds out. Because, like, at the beginning, uh, Lee doesn't speak English. He's, he, he's acting like he doesn't know what uh, Carter's saying and all this stuff. But towards, like, towards the end of the little stunt thing that they're doing... Uh, Lee finally speaks English, and uh, Carter's face is like, "What the fuck?" You know, <laughs> he, he's like shocked that this that this motherfucker knows English. So, um, he he drives Lee around, you know, keeping him away from the case and shit. And Lee is just like, "Why you try to keep me away from the case and all this stuff?" And um, they go to a club and all this stuff. This little, like, this little hole in the wall, little nightclub, little night bar, or whatever the fuck. And Chris Tucker is leading him on some dead, some cold leads. He's going to see his cousin who runs, I don't know, like an opium den or some shit. I don't know what the fuck this nigga runs. He's in the back of the bar or some shit. Probably running numbers or whatever the fuck. But they're back there. Uh, Jackie Chan says, nigga. He says, what's up, my nigga? You, you probably know it. It's famous fucking scene and that's when the first full fight scene starts the first full fight scene starts like 35 minutes into this movie i gotta say the fight scenes in this movie not jackie's best they're not his best all the fight scenes are the best fight scene that they have i think is the one in the chinese restaurant which is like later towards the tail end of the movie and the 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 ending fight scene ending fight sequence when they're in the uh the uh, museum expo uh and those are kind of like old school classic jackie chan pratfall type of fight scenes you know like when he's like trying to oh i'm trying to hold this shit up and i'm trying to fight you at the same time he's done that a lot in his movies so like that's just classic jackie but like the rest of these fight scenes not his best they're not his best fight scenes. Um, the FBI phone tap, not the phone tap, the FBI uh, phone scene, still funny. Where Chris Tucker answers the phone, he's like, $50 million, who you think you got? From, from the, I want to say from the first time you see Carter, where he's kind of doing Eddie Murphy impersonation, I want to say Chris Tucker trying to see do an Eddie Murphy impersonation to from then on Chris Tucker is just being Chris Tucker he's fucking hilarious this is Chris Tucker's breakout role I don't know why he didn't capitalize on it capitalize on this he really should have he didn't really he because like he didn't really do any more movies after this it was just it was, I don't know what the, it's just, it's mind-boggling how Chris Tucker didn't do, what, no, he did the fifth element after this, he did the fifth element, 
And that was it. It was Rush Hour, Fifth Element. I think Rush Hour 2. And we didn't see Chris for a while. I want to say. I want to say from like 2002 to about maybe 2007, 2008 when the third Rush Hour came out. That was like the first time we've seen Chris Tucker in a long time. And then he went away again for a long time. He was in Silver Linings Playbook. Uh, I want to say that was like 2013, 2014? I want to say it was when he was in Silver Linings Playbook. And then nothing after that. <laughs> there was nothing after that. He's. I don't think he's been in a movie since Silver Linings Playbook. Like, Chris Tucker's filmography is very, very choppy, very, very sketchy. I wish he did more movies and capitalized on 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 this newfound success that he had. But he didn't even do stand up. You you could have even understood. You could have understand that. Oh, he's focusing on more stand up. But he didn't even do that. He just did nothing. <laughs> really, I don't know what Chris Tucker was doing in those long spurts of being away. He was just away he was just gone but anyway you got that you got the scene where Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker finally bond I love Jackie Chan's just earnestness in this movie I love that he's just very just very noble and very naive at the same time in this movie you know but he'll kick the shit out of you he's got that there's a Chinese food scene where like they're eating Chinese food I noticed just now, like watching this movie, uh, the last time I watched this movie, when they're doing the Chinese food scene, Chris Tucker doesn't eat it. He, he pantomimes like he ate it, but he really doesn't eat it. I was like, I found that hilarious. I was like, oh shit, I had to rewind it a couple of times. I was like, wait, wait, wait. He didn't eat the food. <laughs> Jackie's really eating it. Chris, like, I don't, I don't eat this shit, you know, he was just like, I don't eat this at all, so I'm gonna pantomime, like, fake like I'm eating it, Uh, so he didn't really eat the food, but then they finally, they finally, like, reveal who the main villain is, and it's so generic, just so goddamn generic, like, his motives are generic, the what he want, like, he kidnapped the council's daughter, cause he wanted some goddamn art, I was like, really? You could have went to any museum and got some fucking art. You like, you had to kidnap a dude, dude's daughter and get some art. Like, it was stupid. His motives didn't make any goddamn sense. He was a generic ass villain. Nobody gives a shit. I don't even think if I'm gonna give y'all guys a quiz. It's like, can you even give me the name of the villain from Rush Hour? What's his name? Cause I know I damn sure don't know his name <laughs> i don't know his name and because like people say he is juntao but then people say that the organization is juntao like i said like make up your mind i don't know but a lot of people probably say that his name is juntao but i don't think this is a real name it's, if you know his real name tell me his real name reach out to me if you know his real name you can reach out in a voice message uh, on Anchor FM, or you could um, like drop me a message at the I Watch This as an Adult uh, Instagram page. You can do any of that if you know the leader of Juntao's real name. 
not his not the actor's name i know the actor but what is that character's name because i don't know because he's so fucking generic and i'm telling you to this day i still don't understand the plot of this movie i still don't like this movie survives solely off the chemistry between jackie chan and chris tucker there's some movies that are just like that where like they don't have a plot the villain is generic and the two stars are just like the shining light of this film so you got those guys that's funny i like i still i still find this movie funny i laughed dozens of times at a lot of jokes that wouldn't fly this day <laughs> you know i laughed at a lot of jokes that would not be socially acceptable today i laughed a lot but anyway I like this film. I do expect a remake probably soon. I know they tried to do a TV show. It didn't work out. I do expect a remake of this movie pretty soon because a lot of people are going to say, quote unquote, this movie is problematic. There's a lot of Asian jokes. (laughs) A lot of Asian jokes in this film. A lot of racist Asian jokes in this film. I still laugh. I'm like, so I still fucking laugh. So maybe I'm the problem too. I don't know. But I expect a remake soon of this film. I thoroughly still enjoy this movie and I would go back and watch it again. So if I were to scale this movie from a one to five, I'd give it a four. I'd give it a four. Has a lot of rewatchable qualities. I love Jackie Chan. I love Chris Tucker. So there you go. That's the end of the show, guys. Like I said, uh, follow me on Instagram. If you want to support the podcast, go support the podcast on Anchor FM. Whatever you give helps the podcast grow. I got a new outlet for you guys to listen to the podcast. Also on Pocket Cast. You can go to pocketcast.com and go and check that out. But until then, see you guys later. Peace.